0: You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be the driver in their own lives through the life and stories of black women who drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I'm a business consultant and executive coach and a leadership facilitator, working with people and organizations to live their lives by design and not default. Welcome back to another episode of She's Got Drive. It's the start of a new month. And I always feel like when I get to November that I'm like starting to fast track it to the end of the year. So wherever you are at the beginning of November, like what are you creating this month? I'm creating a breakthrough around some things that I'm working on. Like I want to like play, play big on this month. So whatever you're doing this month in November, good luck, good luck with that. Um, This week's episode, I... I'm really pleased that we have uh, my guest this week and the thing that's really resonating with me with this guest is what happens when we are of service to others and that transformational effect that it can have on our own lives. She she gives her life so generously, she gives her herself so generously, she gives her skills so generously to so many different causes. And um, so we're going to hear from her how full her life is. This is a a woman with drive without doubt and, um, and just so inspiring. So I'm going to come back and tell you a little bit more about her before we go into the interview. But before we do that, remember to head over to iTunes and to rate and review she's got drive and let me know what you're getting out of it you know what do you think of the guests you know the whole thing like what what is it that's that's having you listen each week you know when a new episode comes out would love 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 to read those reviews and if you want to get in contact with me you can always contact me through She's got Drive Facebook page or through my Instagram account, Shirley McAlpine Consulting. So let me tell you a little bit about Cynthia. Cynthia Mullins is my guest this week and she works for an organization called JMW. She's their legal counsel and their chief human resources officer. She takes the lead on JMW's domestic and international legal human resources and admin admin operations in North America, Europe, and Australia. Cynthia's global accountabilities include contracts, intellectual property, recruitment, benefits, immigration, and compliance worldwide. She's passionate about education. She's currently an adjunct professor at Norwalk Community College, and she's also adjunct professor at the University of Bridgeport as well the business school she is active in numerous organizations and where she does some volunteer work and i'm going to let you her you listen to her as she shares the different organizations to which she and contributes to it's it's a really inspiring um conversation in a number of different ways and so i give you cynthia mullins Cynthia, welcome to this episode of She's Got Drive. Thank you so much for being willing to be a guest this week. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm so excited <laughs> to be your guest. So thank is. you.
1: Yeah.
0: We met briefly before, some 18 months ago. No. Gosh, I can't remember when just it was. about a year. A year ago, ago. something oh, like that. Right. Our mutual friend was just saying about the kind of work that you're doing and the, all the voluntary work that you're doing and... How you fill your day, and it's and you are definitely a woman with drive. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm looking forward to, like I said, exploring what you do, how you do it, and how you're managing to accomplish all the things that you're doing. So, before we get into that, okay, let's start with you just sharing with our listeners a little bit about you, what you do, and the various, particularly a lot of the various. Your key role in your organization and all the other work that you're doing?
1: Again, I'm Cynthia Mullins and I. You know, in looking and thinking about these questions, I got really excited. And then I also started to feel very old. But (laughs) then at the same time, it was a good old. So not a a bad old whatsoever. Um, I live in the Northeast part of the United States. And I love it. Mm -hmm. Although I'm going to be making a move very soon to the Southeast part of the United States to be with my fiance. Oh, wow. (laughs) Newsflash, yes. Yes. Um, But I work for a wonderful organization um, called JMW Consultants. And I am the uh, legal counsel for all of our affiliates, as well as our U.S. office. And I am the chief operate um, chief HR officer as well for the company. Mm-hmm. I've been here for 23 years. So I basically have grown up in the in the firm mm-hmm. and I really love what I do. I get an opportunity to really support my clients, support our our clients as well as my internal clients. Mm-hmm. And it really uh, works for my life given all the things that I'm up to outside of this organization as well. So primarily, my day is negotiating contracts, um, troubleshooting HR questions, and drafting contracts. That's mm-hmm. primarily what I spend most of my day doing. Yes. Right. Well, first of all, congratulations
0: on your fiancé and moving and whatever new. <laughs> let's see. Let's get into that because there's, there are implications, obviously, when you're doing yes. a move like that on these the world that you've created for yourself. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. if you want to explore that, I'm happy to us like to look at that because there's lots of people who think about big transitions and the impact that that has. So I'd be curious to see what, what were your considerations as you were planning to, as you're planning to move. Um, And help us like talk, talk us through some of the work that you do outside of your, your day job. Because there are a number of things that you're doing.
1: Well, you know, at a young age, at a very early age, I um, said I want to be, you know, involved in my community, and I never ever thought I would leave Connecticut. So. I just have built my life around doing things in the community. Mm -hmm. And I will do that, you know, when I move as well. But I am currently the chairman of the board for the Urban League of Southern Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And uh, my relationship started with the Urban League as an 18, 19 year old college student who needed a job. And so I've kind of worked through the different roles at the urban League, from being a student, from being a volunteer, being on the board, now being the chair of the board, uh, being a consultant, running some of their uh, youth employment programs, on and on and on. So this has been a very very long journey with me and now the culmination is you know being the chair. I am also a member of Project Music, which is um, a music program that empowers young people. It's an after-school program, Mm -hmm. and I'm the secretary of that organization. And basically, it's an after-school program that takes young people from ages seven, eight years old to 17, 18 years old and teaches them how to play. Instruments Mm -hmm. and um, Project Music is a wonderful program. It's uh, taken from the El Sistema program, which again is allows students not only to learn how to play an instrument, but we also do, they also work on their homework and they learn about um, how to behave and we help build character and things like that. I'm also a member of uh, two women's organizations. One is Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. I've been a member for about 10 years now, Mm -hmm. and I run our risk management programs for the um, chapter. And I'm also a member of the Lynx Incorporated, the Fairfield County Lynx, which is a wonderful uh, service organization. Um, Our focus is serving our community and friendship. So that keeps me busy as well. And I'm currently the controller of our foundation. Uh, We have a huge foundation that's associated, it's our our fundraising arm of Uh of the organization and I'm the controller. So those things keep me busy, and then I'm also mm-hmm. a, a member of the Business Council of Fairfield County, where I get an opportunity to find um, contribute to the business community through the work that I do in HR and legal, as well as learn from my peers and other colleagues mm-hmm. as to how we can improve uh, our our backyard, basically uh, Lower Fairfield County. So those are the kinds of things that I'm involved in, and then one last thing. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, am, I was thinking uh, there's another yeah, thing there's, that there's you do. Yes, I am a member, uh, there's a few, but I'm a member of the Jackie Robinson uh, Foundation. Mm-hmm. As uh, you may may know, mm-hmm. Jackie Robinson was the first um, a, a professional black baseball player. Uh, he integrated the leagues back in the 1940s. And so I've been associated with that organization since the 90s. I'm a mentor to the students who we give scholarships to. And I'm also um, a person who reviews the scholarship applications when they are sent through every year. And I have the privilege now of mentoring um, my freshman a student who's a freshman at Harvard University studying sociology, and um, I'm his mentor for the year. So Jackie Robinson has also been a very important, um, uh, that organization has been very important in my life as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you
0: do. that's like five or six. Yes. Like volunteer roles that you do. Mm-hmm. There's another thing that you do. Everyone's like listening <laughs> You're listening. You think, how does she do it all? Because you're also an
1: adjunct professor. Yes, right, exactly. And so you teach that's three my, times a week, right? Yes, yeah, that's my second job, right? So I always wanted to be a school teacher. In addition to wanting to be an attorney, I always wanted to be a school teacher. So my mom said, "Well, you, you're going to be a lawyer. How about that?" But well, you can teach on the side. So mm-hmm. I decided, uh, "Why not?" So I've been an adjunct professor for over fifteen years. I teach at two schools: one a university, and then another one is a community college. And I teach business law courses. Courses, paralegal courses hr courses and negotiation as well and so that keeps me busy pretty much three nights a week this semester on average i've taught two nights a semester but this semester i kind of beefed up and i'm actually teaching three nights a week monday through wednesday for 15 years you've been doing yes that. yeah for 15 years absolutely
0: So, hashtag one with drive without a doubt, right? (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's (laughs) yeah.
0: So, what's the you know, before we even get into like the whole conversation around success, that's a lot, you know, that's a lot. Yes, how do you what sustains you then? What's the motivation behind all of that? Because it's so much that you're doing.
1: Yes, well, I think a part of it is I don't have children. So, I think my students have become my children over the years, mm-hmm. and so that that really is very fulfilling. I don't have children, um and even when I was so I'm going this is marriage number two coming up, but even when I was married previously, right. um, I was very busy in the community, and my ex-husband and I were you know, were always barely seeing each other, but we made it work for almost fifteen years mm-hmm. um But I think the reason that I like staying busy is I just, I read a quote many, many years ago, and I don't know who wrote this quote, but it said something like, when I'm done, I want to be all used up. George
0: Bernard Shaw. Okay, Mm -hmm. yes.
1: Yep. And I want to be used up in a good good way. I just want to, I don't want to leave any stone unturned. I want to leave it, as the athletes say, leave it all on the court. And that's just kind of been my mantra or my motto all these years. And I just feel that, I have something to contribute, whatever that is, and I want to just keep doing it and keep doing it as long as I can. Yeah, so, yeah. Because yeah. it certainly beats the alternative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That, yeah. I want to be thoroughly. The,
0: I want yes. to be thoroughly used up when I die. Because the exactly. more I live, the more the more I give, the more I live, or something like that. Exactly. And you totally are. You to, you totally are. Oh. So, um, if given all of those things that you're doing. How would you define your success then? How do you, where do you put the Mm -hmm. definition of success? Because, you know, if, if someone's just kind of focused on their day, day job, right, their career in that regard, you know, it looks a particular way, but I'm curious about where you define your success.
1: Um, for me, it's kind of success is fulfilling on my goals and dreams, because I do distinguish the two of them. Goals could be, for me, it's, oh, I want to get this degree or that degree. Mm-hmm. Whereas a dream might be, I want to own a home in Martha's Vineyard or something like that. Right, And right? right. And so, so it's setting the you know goals setting uh, dreams as far as uh, where I want to where I want to get to mm-hmm. and then pursuing them it I, I love the chase as they say so it's interesting this is called drive mm-hmm. I love the chase of pursuing my goals and my dreams right. and success is being happy it's just for me it's not a material possession per se it's not a thing that I get it's a feeling that I have inside that I know that I'm making a difference in the lives of others mm-hmm. I'm making a difference in the lives of my family my immediate family members I feel valued I feel contribute I feel like I'm making a difference um Mm -hmm. in everything that I touch whether it be my volunteer organization whether it be sitting with an employee that's having an issue at the office it's that to me is success and um and I you know I'll I'll take the income too you know the the, (laughs) the financial rewards but to me that's success really really yes you know just being living the living fully you know you know exactly just living fully
0: and the impact that it's having on you like so you yeah. live and then the the experience of yourself in your life exactly okay. exactly okay. yes
1: yes yes and just i think that's success because i know some people may define it as once they get To a certain point in a career, once they acquire a certain possession, those kinds of things. And all those things are great. And I have all that stuff, too. But it's not something I wouldn't call that success. It's more of a state of being or state of mind for me. Mm.
0: And how do you you sustain yourself in your drive? Because, or how do you look after yourself in your drive? Because the... Even the pursuit to do good work in the world, and with all that you have and all the mm-hmm. commitments, mm-hmm. I'm, mindf- I'm mindful of this. It's a, it's come up again and again in my interviews with women. We d- we right. can pursue things and be driven, but right. we need to pay attention. So I'm curious mm-hmm. about that because it's a, you know, when you list all the things that you do, it's a lot. Yes,
1: Yes, knowing when to slow down, right? Knowing myself, knowing when I just need to take a weekend and just stay in bed, knowing when to go to the doctor, you know, listening to my body. If I Mm -hmm. feel like a cold, I'm coming down with a cold or I'm not feeling very well, just knowing, you know, paying attention to the to, to my body and, 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 and slowing down. And so sometimes I can just go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. And then I'll say, it's time to, to chill out. Or maybe it's time to go away for the weekend or, you know, or go visit your dad and connect with him. That's, you know, I listen to my, I listen to my inner self and that's when I, um, that's when I know when I need to slow down a little bit. Okay. So you're, yeah, so you're tuned in to. Tuned in, yeah. I'm tuned in to my body, tuned in to what the voices in my head, the good mm-hmm. ones. <laughs> you know saying, like, <laughs> you need to slow down here. Right? What are you trying to do here? You're going to crash. So, yes, paying attention yeah. to, to, to myself. Yeah.
0: Great. If you look at all the things that you've done, what would you say is your biggest a- accomplishment?
1: I would say being a good daughter. Um, I mean, so I love my job and I like what I've acquired as far as, or, or earned as far as degrees and things mm-hmm. like that, but just really being a good daughter and making my mom and dad proud of me. So I feel like that's my greatest accomplishment in life is uh, making them proud because they didn't have the same opportunities and the same, um, op- the, the same avenues. They couldn't right. take the same avenues that I've taken. So it's really comes down to my parents. Yeah. So I let's,
0: well, what was the messages that you got as you grew up then as you, mm-hmm. that helped you be where right. you are? What was, well, the, what was what were the what kind of conversations that your parents have with you about?
1: Well, they and... were, they were always saying, do better than mommy and daddy. Mommy and daddy didn't get a chance to do X. So we want you to do that. Um, and they weren't overbearing and mm-hmm. they didn't live vicariously through me or anything like that, but they always, uh, they always gave me the impression that I could fly, that I could do anything I wanted to do, anything I set my mind to. So I, it was never, it was always, I'm going to, I, if I say I'm going to do something, it's going to get done because they say I can do it. And they always had this belief that I could do Mm -hmm. whatever I wanted to do. So we had conversations like that always. If I said, oh, I want to try this, or I want to try this activity, or I want to, Go to this program. My mom's would say I don't know how to get you there But just let us know what we what we can do how we can help you in some way We got to leave it up to you It might be filling out an application or something like that, but I took care of all that but they were always supportive so them always emphasizing that they did not have the same um, uh, They didn't, they didn't have the same things available to them mm-hmm. as far as schooling and things like that. Cause they came from the South and it was a little different segregated South. They just said, we want you to just shine and just do anything that you want to do in life. And we will support you. And so that really from an early, early stage was always with me. So I just always felt I need to make them proud and I need to take advantage of any opportunity that's presented to me because they didn't get a chance to do right. that. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, that your success then is their success. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, um, it's sobering actually, isn't it? When we think about the generation that we are, I think we're around the same age, mm-hmm. maybe, but, um, and from and then where our parents were and then how yes. they facilitate where we are
1: today is so exactly. great. When you it think is. about that. It it really is. And when I have when I've had my mom's she's gone now, she's passed away about three mm-hmm. years ago. But when she was here. And if I had a bad day here at the office in particular, or I just kind of felt like the walls are closing in because they do sometimes, mm-hmm. I pick up the phone and I c- call her and just hear her voice. And she knew immediately, what does my daughter need today? She would say, or is everyone treating you okay over there? Do I need to come in there and straighten out anyone? <laughs> she would say that. She's so sweet, right? She's such a little, she was such a little woman. And But just hearing her voice and her, and if I said, Well, you know, I'm having this difficult time with this person or with this particular issue, and she would say, Oh, you're going to be fine. I know you can do it. And just hearing her voice, mm-hmm. right? It just gave me the, the 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 strength to to carry on. You know, here's a person who, as a little girl, had to pick cotton because her fa- her her father was a sharecropper. So, for me, calling her and hearing her, you know, at 4:15 on a you know tough day at work, a Monday or something, mm-hmm. and reminding myself that here's a woman who had to pick cotton. I don't have to pick cotton. Right. I just have to just kind of, you know, go outside, take a breath of fresh air and come back in and, you know, pick up the pen again and do what I need to do. Right. I can do it. I can do it. So her struggle or her 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 journey and my father's journey gives me strength to know that I can do anything, really. That's just yeah. how it's always landed for me. Yes.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's sober. It is sober.
1: It is. It really is. It really yeah, is. Yeah, we stand yeah. on their shoulders without Absolutely. A doubt. Absolutely. Oh, stand yeah. On their shoulders. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and let's. So you've mentioned those sometimes. You those difficult days. And what yes. has been the biggest challenge in
1: your life, in your in your work life, or beyond that? Right. Well, I would say, actually, getting divorced. So because I was married to another attorney, and so my identity was so wrapped up in his identity Mm -hmm. and vice versa. We met in law school and got married afterwards. And so getting divorced was huge because it was like a part of me, you know, it was half my life Mm -hmm. was just now changed and different and gone, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so that was the most difficult thing to make a decision to get a divorce Um, especially considering I, I was the one who started, I filed, and saying, okay, now what? So this is what you want, but you don't have a plan B. You just know plan A is get divorced. And so that was the most difficult because I had so much respect for my, and I still do, for my ex-husband. We grew up together. We we met at age 21 and we were friends and we still are friends to this day. But I just knew that it was, I think the relationship had come to a place of completion. And so Mm -hmm. it it was very difficult saying, I'm going to go and do this on my own now. And I think that was the most challenging thing in my life. Especially given the fact that um, so much of my life was, was him and then my career and he was so supportive. So all of that, you know, all all intertwined together with going to law school together, et cetera, et cetera. To me, that was kind of where the personal and the professional overlapped a great deal. And it was right. very challenging. Yes. Right. But I survived, but it was extremely challenging.
0: What did you what had you survived? What were you um, what were the kinds of things that you did to get you through the challenging times?
1: How ironic the job. And I'm the kind of person who, you know, who traditionally I keep lines of demarcation between job and my personal Mm -hmm. life. But knowing when my personal life was kind of uh, all over the place. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that was the constant and steady and count honorable and dependable was this job every day. So, Coming here every day kept me sane because yeah. all the other stuff that was happening outside of the office to deal dealing with the divorce and the change and all these other things that, that so many that those were unknowns. But the known was the job day in and day out, at, right. day out being needed being appreciated and just having to do what I had to, you know, keeping things going here because the job had nothing to do with the divorce. So I needed to make sure I took care of my colleagues and did what I needed to do and -hmm. fulfill my obligations. So it was the job. And then beyond the job, I realized because I had all my eggs in one basket, so to speak, Mm -hmm. my husband was my world. I decided I needed to create a new community. you know, outside of being wife. And so that's when I set out to really get involved in the community and hence all of the things that I do now. So that really is a result of the divorce, me being involved in so many organizations because I needed to create a new community. And I didn't want just to say, okay, move on to the next relationship so soon. I needed to find out who I am um, reclaim a lot of me that got lost inside of that relationship Mm -hmm. and also just spread my wings and see where I can make a contribution in my community. So,
0: you know, we always say there's, there's gold that emerges. Well, we always say, I don't know who the we is. I certainly (laughs) say, Mm -hmm. (laughs) who's we, who's we that I say that there's, there's always some gold to be mined in, Mm -hmm any challenging situations that we find ourselves. And it absolutely. seems like out of this um, very challenging time for you, this gold that emerged in terms of your contribution to the community and all these people that are totally benefiting um, yes. from it, as well as you and whatever growth that is given you.
1: Yes, no, absolutely. I am the person who I am today because of the challenges I faced in getting divorced. Mm-hmm. So it's weird even though it was a sad time and a you know time of change and unknown and things like that, it actually helped build me up to be to live a life that I live now. And so I actually thank that relationship for what happened, because I wouldn't be experiencing a lot of the things that I've experienced thus far since the divorce. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be doing a lot of things, touching the lives and just all that would not exist because I was just wife only. I was wife and worker and nothing in between. And it wasn't anyone's fault. It was just, that was the way that the relationship you right. know just evolved. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So well, I'm very grateful for that experience actually, even though it was a sad experience at one point. There was a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. huge light. Yes, yes. A
1: huge light.
0: One of the things that I get curious about is what is it about um, my guests that has them be successful in domains where others aren't as successful as them. You know, there are many people who start mm-hmm. out as um lawyers and don't end up in positions for 23 years in an organization you know there are many people who who get divorced and aren't able to create this new life for themselves who can get stuck Um, yes so what is it about you that has you Mm. achieve in spaces where where many other specifically black women are not achieving Mm. in the Mm. same way
1: i think uh first and foremost being true to myself. So really dancing to my own drumbeat and I know that's probably a cliche, but for me, who says that a person who's a lawyer cannot also be a professor? Who says that getting divorced you don't you you know, all you know, who says that getting divorced can't be a uh, actually a learning uh-huh. a learning exercise or something that can actually turn into be something very positive um, or, you know, making lemonade out of lemons. Uh-huh. So for me, I think it was my ability not to be dragged down or buy into the, 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 the chatter or the talk or the negative talk about certain things uh-huh. and just, you know, really sticking to what it is that my heart was telling me and not following anyone else's path, but really following myself and being authentic. Um, I think that has helped, helped me a great deal. And also I would say, um, just really being willing to not have a blueprint and make it up as I go along and by not having a blueprint and just kind of making it up as I go along with some, obviously some reason and not just being flighty or whatever, Mm -hmm. but willing, but being willing to say, there's no path here. There, there's no previous path. There's mm-hmm. no blueprint. I'm going to make it up as I go along and see what happens. And if it doesn't work, I'll go back to the drawing board. So just willing to not be so stuck and, and being more flexible. So I think that's really helped me as far as that's concerned. Um, you know, going for, for if you've noticed, I am a, I have, I wear my hair natural mm-hmm. so, and I rem, I've had women, especially black women, but all women, but especially black women, come up to me and say, how did you do it? And this was before the natural hair movement, so right. to speak, where everybody's kind of wearing their hair natural. And it to me, it made me kind of sad because so many women, they were so... Uh, socialize and brainwash into right. believing that they have to wear this straight hair to make it in the corporate world or they have to wear the straight hair to be to get a man or what have you or to be successful to feel beautiful and I just one day said I'm done with the perms, I'm done with this burning on my scalp, I'm going to go natural and I was married at the time mm-hmm. and my husband was saying are you sure you want to do this and I said I'm absolutely sure and I just followed my own whispers, mm-hmm. my own drumbeat, I didn't care if anybody thought that it wasn't Beautiful, I felt I was beautiful, and as a natural, you know, person wearing natural hair, I really came into my own. And and beauty, it's amazing. I didn't feel beauty when I had straight hair, I feel beauty more than ever before wow. because I wear my hair natural. And I mean, I've had white men, black men, all kinds of men say wonderful things about me that never was said before when I wore straight hair, when I thought that was the, that was the picture of beauty. Right. So again, following my own drumbeat is, is, is really what's made a difference for me, especially in my career. Yeah.
0: So I'm hearing the kind of that inner self-expression, that inner Mm -hmm. core, that really Mm -hmm. owning who you are fully embracing who you are and that when you embrace, embrace who you are, then, I'm sort of thinking this, through, as you embrace who you are, then you're going to glow, yes. you're going to like attract, you. there's an energy that emanates from you when you're being that person, versus, exactly. I'm hearing that the straightening of the hair was, I'm supposed to do that, because that yes. makes me accepted, or mm-hmm. because the other way wouldn't be accepted in that, in that corporate space, which we know is, has been... to this day still exists you know we still know that some people have challenges in certain spaces Mm -hmm. when they wear their when black women are wearing their hair natural I mean that even with the renaissance around natural hair that isn't that hasn't gone away it's still very much with us but it's and there's nothing wrong with having a relaxed but it's it's about choice and it's about your own inner um self self self-expression
1: Yes, really, isn't absolutely, it? Absolutely. It is. It really is. And it's really made such a difference for me because if I could take such a leap of faith and do that and really not be concerned about the consequences, I just felt comfortable enough with myself and I felt comfortable with the organization I work for to do it. And I never looked back. And so many people have said, Are you ever going to go back straight? And I said, Absolutely not. Why would I? It just, I don't feel, I wouldn't feel natural. You know, I really wouldn't feel myself. So it, it really, really made a difference for me in my life. And, and it just gave me strength to do other, to try on other things, to try, you know, to try out other things. Because I said, if I could do that, well, you know, anything else, anything is possible. Because black women and hair, you know, very big. You know, <laughs> that's right. It big, is a big, big, conversation, big conversation, right? And it's uh, a huge conversation mm-hmm. from a very
0: young age, isn't yeah, it? Big,
1: oh, absolutely. I mean, I went to Catholic school. And with and I was one of two black girls in my class for eight years, eight, nine years. Uh-huh. And I've had, you know, young, um, you know, my friends are my friends, you know, white girls come up to me and say, why is your hair so different from ours or wanting to touch it or when they touched it? they felt oil and they were like, what's that? Mm -hmm. So it definitely has been something that's been with me since I can remember. And me taking control of that conversation, me also not worrying about what other people think. And also my time. I'm a very busy person. (laughs) So not sitting in a salon for a thousand hours on a Saturday to get my hair done. I'm done with that too. So I, 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 it's very low maintenance and it works. And so, so many people say to me, wow, you know, you're Angela Davis. So this is when I first got it done right. you know, many years ago. And they said, oh, you're Angela Davis or you're powerful the people. And I said, actually, it's about convenience. Really. A lot of it's about convenience. Me taking my hair back from yeah. the stylists, from the salons and from the world, just for me. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, the, the
0: being in control of your own life and the self-determination. Yeah. Yes. I love when you talk about that you like you don't have a, like a set blueprint, like you're no. creating as you go. And then if yeah. it's not working or it's not, then you just recreate.
1: Recreate. Exactly. exactly.
0: You know, you don't have to stay like stuck in this uh, direction right. and, we, and you can, it's about experimenting, isn't it? That exactly. You,
1: right. Mm-hmm. right. Exactly. Being, being open, you know, that's all about being a lifelong learner and whether it be in education or the, at the job or personal you know, goals and personal dreams. It's all about lifelong learning. So, to me, that's that's where I'm at. You know, that's where that's where I'm always uh, most interested in. What can I learn? What can I do differently? What can I, you know, try on? So, yes.
0: I'm. I, it's reminding me of um,
1: when I turned uh,
0: 47. I think it was around like 46 and 4 or 47, something okay. like that. Uh-huh. And <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember having this moment where. I was figuring out what to wear to go to some, I was going to a client yes. to, to put it on, took it off, put it on, took it off, you know, and then I was thinking yes. what would be the right thing to, for me to mm-hmm. wear for this client. And now I'm all about dressing appropriately, you know, but yes. I realized how much of that conversation, that internal conversation was beyond the what's appropriate, but it was yeah. trying to like, not even fully be me and my full right. self-expression. It was trying to just like, exactly. how can I quote unquote fit? Fit,
1: yes, Yeah. And then I thought,
0: you know what, at what age am I gonna let it go? Like 47, exactly. come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know? know, it's like, wait a minute. Hello, yes. what I'm what not 20, yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah,
0: let it go. Um, yeah. And it's so freeing. And mm-hmm. it's freeing, and mm-hmm. it's freeing. So I yeah. am much more self-expressed today. And yes. you know, I wear my goddess braids to work when I want to. Love them. Mm-hmm. And um I wouldn't have worn goddess braids. Now, we could say in the in the Renaissance there's more right. I call it the hair or people have we have our all, all our hair journey. Um, yeah. but I wouldn't have done that. I would have I I just would have had it on holiday or something. I wouldn't have mm-hmm. done that now. And I think that it that the importance of us claiming who we are and questioning what are the things that we are over-concerned about that is about fitting in yeah and that if we were more self-expression that we're a, that would have us claim our space more in because it I has it is do you know what I mean it has this I kind absolutely. of it sounds counterintuitive in a way mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that we spend yep. a lot of our time trying to fit in And what works in our assessment of the spaces that we work, but if we're more of who we are, then we're more likely to be more confident in those
1: spaces. Absolutely, and it sounds so simple and like common sense, but it's not easy, and for for most, and it's 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 something that we struggle with. It's when you really really get down to the way you just described it. It's yeah, but of course. But we all know that most mm-hmm. of us do not live like that and we don't identif- we don't proceed, we don't live our lives like that. Right. And it takes maybe some some sort of uh, crisis or it takes some sort of uh, uh, awakening mm-hmm. or what have you to, to say, enough already. This is what I'm going to do from now on. And I don't really care what anybody else thinks uh, about it. So it works right. for me. Good enough. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, totally. It works for me. Yeah. Works but way. it took me... 47 years, but I I'll understand. take it from now, you know, that, um, yeah, so very, very freeing. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do when you're stuck? What do you do to get yourself unstuck?
1: Yeah. Two things, and I I love that question. Um, One is I reach out to my parents. Again, they're my source, right? So as well, I am a God-fearing person, so Mm -hmm. I do pray and meditate. Mm -hmm. But first and foremost, the folks I can really reach out and touch have always been my parents. And then the second thing is, and it's very shallow, I shop. (laughs) I, I will go shopping. I will go shopping. So either it be online or I you know, go to Lord & Taylor or Nordstrom's, I shop. And when I treat myself to something, it could be a tube of lipstick, it's all good. I somehow can get myself very unstuck. And I think that comes from my mom early on saying if when you work hard in life if you don't give yourself nothing but a tube of lip- lipstick at the end of the week you do that honey and it's just been something that stayed with me so of course the tube of lipstick now is, you know three pairs of shoes <laughs> whatever, but right. it's the tube of lipstick uh you know approach that i take so it's really you know connecting with my family the people who are my biggest fans uh-huh. and shopping I have to say that gets me unstuck. And then a third thing I must say,
0: uh-huh.
1: is I, because I am a very spiritual person, mm-hmm. I do, sometimes I seek out quotes, I seek out mm. uh, statements, positive thinking, inspirational sorts of things that I can identify with. So I can say, okay, I'm going to put that in my toolkit and utilize that, or that makes sense. So I will read, I will, you know, go, go reading something mm-hmm. to, 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 to get myself lifted up again. Yes.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what well, I'm loving those do you have a
1: favorite passage or a
0: favorite
1: thing that you read that you go well to? it's interesting it's it's not necessarily it's it's the poem by Maya Angelou mm-hmm. still I still oh. I rise and I have that? that in my phone so every morning when I wake up the first appointment of every day at five o'clock is and still I rise and so that that would be the the essence of Maya's poem still I rise no matter what adversity, no matter what I face, no matter what doesn't work for someone that I did or vice versa or how life may turn on a given day and still I rise. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the one I lean on all the time.
0: All the time. Uh, what would we do
1: with that, Maya? I don't know. Oh, I,
0: my God. Yeah, you know? It's,
1: right she's right there right in there she really is she mm-hmm. really is mm-hmm. she you mm-hmm. know i she was I,
0: amazing oh my god i've yeah. got this painting in my office that okay. is uh, was done by a uh, an artist at project onward and it's this um image of her and it says you know the the year that she was born 1928 to 2014 and her words ring true Yes. And it is like, I, I don't know, she's just been
1: such a gift to the planet. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And just, I don't know, just just reading her words mm-hmm. just has a way. I just nod my head and go, right. Yeah, she's definitely she was definitely on to something. And so her, her you know, di- digging into her poetry mm-hmm. and her books just always has been really helpful for me. But and still I rise in an all time. All, all, time, time, all time, all time for me, yeah.
0: One thing that it um, reminds me of is there are times when I've reached my, when I'm reached my limit, you know. Yeah, and I, I record on um, TiVo um, Super Soul Sunday episodes and um, okay. Oprah's Masterclass. And I have some with, uh, with my Angelou. And I just do a binge, like wow. four or five programs with her featured yeah. in it. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you can't not emerge from that. Mm-hmm. Inspired and empowered exactly. again exactly you just can't exactly I defy exactly. anyone you know <laughs> to, exactly. to not come out with some insight and say, right, I can find something in myself to to keep it keep it going, keep it moving exactly exactly yeah.
1: just, so sometimes you need a dose, a dose of Maya <laughs> a
0: dose of Maya yeah. and so when um you said that you're moving yes to the south yes, east, did you say? Yeah,
1: I can't believe that. And when are so, you
0: moving and, ha- and how are you doing this with all your all the, this world that you've created for yourself?
1: Right. So again, it goes back to the whole not having a blueprint. I'm going to <laughs> get to make it up as I go along. And fortunately, I, I work for a CEO and a company that allows me to do that. So I don't know how it all is going to look, but mm-hmm. January 1st, I am going to be spending most of my life in the Atlanta area, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to be commuting back and forth between Connecticut and Georgia. So it looks like maybe five days a week down in Georgia and then two days a week in Connecticut. And as far as some of my organizations, I'm going to just kind of put those on hold. take a little bit of a sabbatical mm-hmm. until I can kind of re- re- de- redesign how I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Because all of the organizations I'm a member of, fortunately, except Project Music, is down in the Atlanta area. So I can just change chapters. Oh, so, cool. Right. So how cool is that? But I'm not sure if that's what I want to do just yet. Mm. So I'm going to give myself a little time to get acclimated and get myself, plant my feet in the area. But... Um, it it looks like that's how that's what I'm going to do. So, and it's all come all because, and I never thought I'd be moving anywhere. I was, you know, just, I love, I love the Northeast, Mm -hmm. but I connected with someone who I knew in high school at a high school class reunion and the rest is history. So (laughs) I'm willing at this age, I'm learning as well that sometimes it's not going to go the way you thought it was going to go and um, try something different, try it on. I think the relationship's worth trying Mm -hmm. on uh, and, with some adjustments i'm not giving everything up but I, I think i'm trying to have it all and that's what i'm you know i've always been that kind of a girl anyway and that's what i'm working on so wow. so i got two and a half more months before i you know try this new life in the south <laughs>
0: congratulations
1: congratulations Thank
0: you. Thank and you. and your your method of as you said trying things not not Creating as you go, testing things, giving yourself space as Mm -hmm. well to settle Mm -hmm. and see and sense into it is fantastic. Yes. It's fantastic.
1: The the, the priority is going to be the job to make sure I take care Mm -hmm. of this job because this company has been good to me and I want to continue to be good to it and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So that's the priority. And then everything else will, I think, evolve and work itself out. But uh, so I got to get the rhythm up. I mean, I've been commuting a lot for the past year and a half. We've been dating almost two years and I've been commuting back and forth to Georgia. And so tomorrow I catch I catch a plane right. and I, I've been doing that every other week, every other weekend or sometimes weekend back to back. Now, this is going to be more official and more formal. So it's, it's what I've already been doing. I've been positioning myself for this. But now this just makes it more formal. Right. Right. Yes.
0: What uh, excites you about your future?
1: Wow. Did I get to, uh, John and I, we, as his name, we get, we call it the second half. So I love football. And so this is like the second half of our, our, our opportunity of our life Mm. to, you know, grow together, to travel together, to create a life together. And so I'm excited about that opportunity and not knowing what it's going to look like, not knowing, um, because again, this has been a long distance relationship, so I don't know how it's all going to be when I Mm. move in with him, but I'm willing to try it. And, um, and, I'm just excited for the unknown, which is usually something, sometimes that would scare me in the past. There was a point in my Mm -hmm. life where the unknown would have scared me, but I'm actually stepping into the unknown willfully and happily and with, you know, with bells on. So,
0: yeah. Oh, that's great. That's Mm -hmm. great. You know, what would you say to women who are going through some transitions that you've been through? What would you, what would be your advice
1: to them? to thine own self be true, right? Mm. <laughs> so I know it's a Shakespeare, but to thine own self be true every day, all day. Um, I remember when I was getting divorced and people would say, really want to be friends with him afterwards or and he wants to be friends with you. What is that? No one does that. And I said, well, we, what will we do. That's mm-hmm. what we're going to do because that's not what this is about, tearing each other down. We grew apart, but we want to stay friends as much as we can. Um, people have said to me, Don't you want to go, a a person with your background, you could go work for one of these really large organizations and make a boatload of money and do some really great things. And I said, you know, my place is right here at this organization, Mm at JMW, I can make a difference here and it's impactful and it's meaningful. So again, listening to me, listening Mm -hmm. to myself, I've had people say to me, why don't you go and teach at um, this major university or that major university? You'd be such a contribution to the students. And I'll say to them, the students at my community college need me. And maybe I need them more than they need me. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to stay right there with them because that's where I feel like I can make the biggest difference. So again, it's always listening to myself because when I don't, that's when I go, hmm, you know, so I don't, and I don't have too many of those moments, but really just always listening to myself. Right. So to thine own self, be true, listening to the voices that, you know, that tell me to, to go in a different, a particular direction, listening yeah. to myself. And really. yeah. I listen to others, I'm, 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 you know, I don't, it's not like I don't t- listen to others and take good advice from other people, mm-hmm. but I'm really, really, really tuned into what works for Cynthia. And so because of that, I, um. I I, I, I I listen to me. Mm. You know, stay true to what I want and what I want to do. Mm-hmm.
0: How have you learned what works for Cynthia?
1: That's a great question. I guess just looking at my the results of things that I set out to do or things that I said I wanted to do or places I wanted to go or challenges I wanted to take on mm. and the outcome of those, the success or whatever I learned in that, that's that. That's how I know. So I guess it's the results that got pr- produced or didn't pr- didn't produce. That's how I know right. that I was on onto something. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a great question for people to ask themselves, isn't mm-hmm. it? What works for mm-hmm. Shirley? What works for Cynthia? Yes. What works mm-hmm. for um, Susan? What works for like what works yes. for you?
1: What works for me? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then then do what works and do what works. Exactly. <laughs> and sometimes it's not, you know, I would say for me, it's not bells and whistles when you talk about what works. It's not fancy. It's not. Uh, it, it's very simple. I mean, I'm a simple meaning uh, humble person, I would hope from Connecticut. It's nothing flashy about me per se. But at the same time, it works and it's given me this way of being has given me a great life, put Mm -hmm. great people in my life Mm -hmm. and great opportunities. So it it just works. So I don't necessarily always look on the other, what it's looking, the grass is always greener on the other side. I always say, be careful because there's some weeds over there. So (laughs) be be, be careful. I'm going to stick with the grass on my side of the fence. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then when and. it, Cynthia you're so, I, mean, I experienced you as so super clear about who you are
1: yeah
0: yeah you and know you, you, just yeah, so super mm-hmm. clear about who you are and mm-hmm. what, are there ever any times when you um, well, I don't know the answer because you're human mm-hmm. there are times when you have doubt and if you have doubt then what happens what do you do with that
1: I've always been that way. You know, I run into people because again, I'm still in the same I in the same area where I grew up. Okay. And so um, I run into folks at the supermarket sometimes or at a festival, or at a fair, some event and they'll say, "You know, you were always sure of yourself, even in high school, or even when you were in elementary school, Right. you always wanted to be a lawyer, you carried books, you you never followed the crowd, that kind of thing. And so I've, I was sure of myself from a very early age. Right. But there are times when I go, hmm, I don't know, maybe, you know, I do have some little second, some doubting or you know, second guess myself. And I'll just be with it. And a lot of times what I will do is just sleep on it, um, sleep on it, meditate on it, pray on it, just kind of let the situation evolve or let mm-hmm. something come to me as opposed to forcing myself into a situation or forcing a decision because when I allow time to take to take care of the whatever the quandary or the issue I'm dealing with, I'm mm-hmm. grasping with, it it always works itself out. So I do have moments where I, I doubt myself, maybe I shouldn't have sent that email or maybe I shouldn't have said this at this particular time at this meeting or that kind of thing. And then I say, okay, well I'm not gonna beat myself up. It said I said it; it's out there. Now I just have to, you know, deal with whatever, right. whatever comes with me, you know, whatever comes with whatever I said. So I'm also willing to embrace my mistakes. I'm willing to embrace what it is that I did. That maybe I, you know, on second thought, maybe I shouldn't have done mm-hmm. it or what have you, and just own it. So I'm willing to own the good and the bad of anything that I do. Yeah, and I think that helps. That's brilliant, cause it's, um, yeah, I love
0: it. Love, love, love. Mm-hmm. Love, love, love that <laughs> owning our mistakes oh yes, mm-hmm. it's so yeah. that's another powerful thing to do, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. when we can be own them, be responsible for them, and absolutely. then when we're when we can be that, we can see what there is to do about them
1: absolutely, I yeah. mean, I've been in situations at work where maybe I drop the ball on something it doesn't happen often, but you know I'm human, yes. and I do something that i you know, oh God, I missed that or I missed something. I failed to do this piece. And instead, i've I've found in t- over over my twenty three years here at J- at jMW that when I just take the time to embrace the mistake and work more on the solution as opposed to living in the how did I do that? Why did I do that, beating myself up or trying to come up with some sort of excuse as to and not owning it, right. it takes more it takes more energy so when I just say okay I messed up I dropped the ball my bad move forward I'm able to really get out of it real quickly and it's over and done
0: yeah, yeah.
1: and you're yeah. moving yeah. on yeah and moving on I'm on to the, on to the next mm-hmm. on to mm-hmm. yeah.
0: what would um what would you say to your younger self this is my Oprah question I love this
1: right question. right mm-hmm. yeah um To be a conscious participant in life, that would be that's what I would say to my younger self, to be a conscious participant, because I was always and I still am. But Mm -hmm. especially in my younger years, so focused on getting to the next thing, so focused on graduating from middle school to get to high school, graduating from high school to get to college, Mm -hmm. graduating from college to get to law school graduating from law school to get the first job, always never really enjoying sometimes the journey. Mm. So really being more of a conscious participant in life, really just being present. And I think I've missed out on some things because I was so busy trying to get to the next level or get to the next thing that I missed a few things along the way. So right. just being being conscious Mm-hmm. And everything that you do, whether it be a, having a wonderful glass of wine, having a wonderful meal, um, enjoying a conversation with a lifelong friend that you haven't spoken to in a while, mm-hmm. uh, being present when, you're, when your mom calls you and you really don't feel like talking to her or your dad calls you, but being present and just being conscious. Yeah.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. A mm-hmm. conscious participant in life. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. <laughs> That's me Yeah, I'm trying, and I don't do a good job of it all the time, but I've been working at it, you know, really have been. Hmm.
0: Yes. Yeah, to mm-hmm. be more present, to be, be more present. More present.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We, I yeah, and there's so many distractions now, isn't there? It's so Absolutely. easy not to oh, be present, easy. and so many demands on our time, on our, the immediacy of our time.
1: Exactly, you know,
0: exactly. It, you know, you send them a text, and, <laughs> and you don't yes. respond immediately, then they, is everything okay? So it's just like... Exactly you only sent it like an hour ago I don't get exactly, it you know exactly, but we exactly. are it's so yep. demanding so yeah so there's yeah. so many pulls that we we have to do the work to slow ourselves down
1: exactly and if you don't claim it no one else will for you so you have to claim it for you. Yeah. yeah yeah
0: mm-hmm. I am so appreciative of of that yes so appreciative of that So we know we have a sense of what's immediately next for you. You're moving. But do you have any things that like any ideas about some future next?
1: Do you have? What is that? What's
0: what's Cynthia
1: of the future? Right, right. I actually uh, I want to write a book eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, I would love to do that. And I'm starting now by blogging a little bit for an organization, a business organization. And I would love to write a book for younger uh, professionals And um, I think travel more at some point I would love to travel my fiance likes to travel and that's something I really haven't done for myself as much because I I go to my certain places and I'm good as they say mm-hmm. but I'm trying to open my horizons a little bit more and, and be a little more open to going to different places so I'd like to travel a lot uh, a lot more and write that book and eventually get a PhD so that is really what I'm going to be shooting for in the next four years is uh, getting a PhD, earning a PhD. Yes.
0: Well, you should connect with um, one of my previous guests, Dr. Shalai Sims.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: He did, who did, talks about her experience of being on the PhD project as she, okay. it was a business PhD. So, Oh yes. Oh yes. yeah. Listen yes. out. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. A Listen lot out. about the PhD project. That yeah. was something when they first uh, hit the scene many, many years ago, my ex-husband and I, we were actually thinking about enrolling in that program and he actually ended up going to pursue his PhD and I decided to stay home and st- st- stay and work. Uh-huh. But um, I know all about the PhD project. Excellent. 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 Um, yeah yeah amazing because they have a
0: 97 percent success rate i know <gasps> I know. yeah it's huge yeah and that's 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 huge
1: that's hard. it's
0: huge it's mm-hmm. huge so it's if huge. anyone's listening and they haven't listened to that episode and they're thinking of a phd to go back to dr chalet since it was sometime in the summer that when i published that episode called getting the okay. code i think it was
1: Oh, the name okay. of that. Okay.
0: I should know the name of my podcast episodes. <laughs> well, but you,
1: you've got a, you got a lot of them. So. You've got quite a few of them. So. You do, you do, yes. Yes. Cynthia, it's been so wonderful to have you in the guest chair. So many gems. Being here. Thank you. I hope so. I hope so. It really gave me an opportunity to think about some things, and I love um, – I, I I love thinking back to, okay, well, how did I get from there to here and mm-hmm. that sort of thing or here to there. So thank you for giving me that opportunity. It's definitely been a gift. You're,
0: yes. you're welcome. And thank you for all the work that you do in the community. You know, the, you oh, know, wow. I don't think we could ever quantify the impact yeah. that you're having because of oh. the lives that you touch. And it's an extra, extraordinary contribution, you know, and, you know, whatever you go on to do, I know that you'll you'll continue to, to be that gift in the environments that you live in. So thank oh, you. So it's is really, really awesome. Thank you so
1: much, really. It's great to be
0: appreciated. I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life. My takeaway from my interview with Cynthia is the power of making a difference. The power of being of service to others. That when we stand for impacting someone else's life, that it will undoubtedly impact ours tenfold. And she is testament to that in terms of the results that she's produced in her life and what's shown up in her life at a time where um, she needed to kind of grow her community and recreate who she is in in her life. So... I thought that one of the things that I would do is read that quote um, that she referenced in the interview by George Bernard Shaw because it really speaks to um, the essence of who she is and it really speaks to the power and the possibility of making a difference. And it goes like this. This is the true joy in life, the being used for a purpose, recognized by yourself as a mighty one, The being thoroughly worn out before you are thrown on the scrap heap. The being a force of nature instead of a feverish, selfish little clod of ailments and grievances complaining that the world will not devote itself to making you happy. I am of the opinion that my life belongs to the community. And as long as I live, it is my privilege to do for it whatever I can. I want to be thoroughly used up when I die. For the harder I work, the more I live. Life is no brief candle to me. It is a sort of splendid torch which I have got for a moment and I want to make it burn as brightly as possible before handing it on to future generations. George Bernard Shaw. You know that I love to hear from you send a message to me on Shirley McAlpine Consulting on my Instagram account or She's Got Drive Facebook page or there's always my website shirleymccalpine.com She's Got Drive is produced by Cassandra Voltolina the music is by the awesome female band Blonde thank you so much for listening to this episode go well and stay well